welcome back to Kyle Explains. Now presented with more volume. Today we're going to talk about Asteroid 2019-OK, which on July 25th, 2019, Thursday this last week, passed within 73,000 kilometers of Earth, less than one-fifth of the distance to the moon. Now, asteroids aren't exactly rare, and the near-Earth asteroid discoveries have been going on since the 1980s, exponentially increasing as technology has advanced. And now, scientists are aware of some 20,000 near-Earth asteroids. And of those, only about 15 are being tracked as a danger to Earth. However, the asteroid 2019 OK completely caught scientists off guard. They had no idea that it was coming, nor that it would be so close. And this was because it passed from behind the sun, spun out between Venus and the sun, out beyond Mars, and back around towards Earth. And it just so happened that on that day, July 25th, 2019, that it passed so close to Earth. And the official answer is just that. We didn't see it. And the way people, humans, see asteroids from Earth to space is telescopes. And if it reflects in the sun. And this is how most surprise asteroids today enter Earth's atmosphere without any warning. They are too small to reflect enough light from our sun, or they come at us directly from the sun, passing behind it, so we can't see it move as a shadow in between the sun and us. And there's very little to fear in most of these events, because they're so small. This one, however, was dubbed a city killer. It was going 55,000 miles per hour, or basically... 15 miles a second and being this big old space potato was about 57 meters across by 130 meters still considered to be a boulder in terms of space standards but it was really the speed that surprised the scientists most objects that fly past earth go about 8,000 to 42,000 miles per hour, and this thing clocked in at that 55,000 miles per hour. And despite our excitement or fear of going the way of the dinosaurs, asteroids have a pretty darn small chance of hitting Earth in the first place. And asteroids have been witnessed passing by the Earth for thousands of years. The word asteroid comes from Greek, star-like is the definition. And they vary greatly in size. Some of them are thousands of kilometers across, and some are down to single meters. And most of them live exactly where you'd expect them, in the asteroid belt. The biggest of them, Ceres, is considered a dwarf planet. It's actually spherical in shape. But the total mass of all these asteroids between Jupiter and Mars really only make up about a fourth of the mass of the moon. And Ceres takes up a third of this amount. 
Now, we don't really know what asteroids are composed of because we've only experienced a small amount of them. We know that ancient Egypt had iron before it could work with iron because they witnessed asteroids fall and there were more refined metals inside. They also carry various amino acids and sometimes small organic compounds, which has led to the idea of panspermia, where life exists elsewhere in the galaxy. Asteroids carry this life to uninhabited planets, where it then crash lands and evolves. And there are millions of asteroids, even just between Mars and Jupiter, and they're believed to be the debris left over from an unformed planet. Basically, there wasn't enough stuff for it all to collapse together to create another planet in the solar system. If you're wondering at this point, what's the difference between an asteroid and a comet? Asteroids are made of minerals and rock. Comets are primarily dust and ice. After that, you might ask, what's a meteoroid? A meteoroid has a diameter of less than one meter. And all asteroids are defined as having a diameter greater than one meter. And we know that asteroids have hit the planet in the past. But thanks to water, plant life, winds, erosion, we don't see a lot of traces of them. But without those factors we'd look like the moon, absolutely pelted. In fact, one of the main theories about how the Earth and the moon came to be together is that a dwarf planet came and crashed into Earth, embedded its rocky iron core deep inside, and all of the dust from the event spun out, exploded off of Earth, and formed a moon right next to us. As for recorded historical events involving asteroids, there are very few. There's the Tunguska event from June 30th, 1908, where there was an explosion in a sparsely populated area of Siberia, and it flattened 2,000 square kilometers, 770 square feet, of forest. And at least three people died in this isolated area. It's interesting that our judge of explosions is pretty much the range of destroy all dinosaurs or one atomic bomb. In this case, it was the power of 1,000 atomic bombs as they were dropped back on Hiroshima, Japan. We still use that because it's the most known. We don't really think much about the Cold War era the Castle Bravo thermonuclear detonation back on March 1st of 1954, which is actually about equal to the destructive force of the Tunguska event. And that's still only one-third of the power of the largest nuclear device ever set off, which is the Soviet Union Tsar Bama that was set off on October 30th, 1961. If you then ask, well, how much is one atomic bomb? You get into how much destructive force it would be in amount of TNT, which is not a very good reference 
for nowadays. If, in fact, when I think of TNT, I think of Roadrunner and Coyote. This particular event in Siberia was equal to 10 to 15 megatons of TNT. And perhaps the most interesting part is that there is no crater. The object is thought to have disintegrated about three to six miles into the atmosphere, which caused a airburst from a smaller asteroid. And the resulting shockwave, which may have been minutes out, then decimated the area. The most recent event was the 2013 Chelyabinsk meteor that entered the atmosphere over Russia on February 15, 2013 and caused a massive burst of light. This was an object about the size of the Eiffel Tower. It was speeding along at 40,000 miles per hour or 60,000 kilometers per hour. And most of the energy was absorbed by the atmosphere. But there were 1,500 injuries, and not because it reached the Earth, but because the resulting shockwave was so massive that it blew out windows across the entire area. Some people also said they felt the heat from the meteor in the sky. And there was gases unleashed, but that didn't cause any damage. It was mostly that it blew out all these windows with a massive shockwave during February in Russia. There were no deaths reported, but this is the largest atmospheric event since that Tunguska event, which destroyed the forests 100 years earlier. So when the Washington Post runs an article saying that the asteroid 2019 OK was a city killer, it's not necessarily true. At this size, it's decently common in terms of Earth history. We get one about every thousand years. Chances are, with the Earth's surface being 70% water, that it wouldn't have crashed directly into a city. In fact, metropolitan areas do not cover the majority of the land on Earth in the first place. At this size and speed, it would be very unlikely that it survives entry to crash into Earth in the first place. Most of these do not descend in straight lines. They come in at curves and burn up in the atmosphere for longer still creepy to think they didn't have an eye on it. And there are several strategies that NASA and other organizations would use in order to redirect an asteroid that they knew about that was heading towards Earth. Sadly, movie solutions are not real solutions. Launching a nuke at an asteroid would make it radioactive. And that is one of the last things NASA wants to do, because eventually that would come around and bite you in the butt in a variety of ways. One would be that debris, even if you put it off course, would fly into the Earth, now radioactive, and be spread across the land and sea. The main plan, and most practical plan, at least by 2027, would be to have the DART, a kinetic impactor, a small 
spacecraft that would speed along, crash into the asteroid, and this force would cause it to change its direction by about 1%, which when you're dealing with such massive amounts of space is more than enough for it to miss Earth. In fact, the DART spacecraft is expected to be launched in 2020, reaching its destination in 2022, and it's going to crash into Diddy Moon, an asteroid for experiment's sake here, that never was going to interact with Earth in the first place, at a rate of 6 kilometers per second. Of course, this method is more of an emergency sake. It's quite wasteful. You destroy the entire spaceship that you created. A plan for the future, at least with smaller objects, is called a gravity tractor. And this is basically that everything has some amount of gravity. And by putting a large spaceship, and not even, you know, science fiction large, just a decent-sized spaceship in orbit around the object, you are going to slowly, over months and years, pull that asteroid out to the side and eventually decrease the threat to Earth with its presence. You could then reuse that same spacecraft to redirect other objects. If you do decide to enjoy some of the asteroid rabbit holes available on the internet after this most recent OK Asteroid, be aware that there is an entirely fictitious experiment-based event planned for 2027. There is not actually an asteroid on its way, Merely that NASA is using that as a date, as a goal, for having a defense plan ready. And what we would do with our current science and understanding if something like that were to happen. Thank you for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a subscribe on whatever service you're using. You can support the creation of shows like this over at patreon.com slash Kyle Ferguson. And if you'd like to contact the show, you may do so at kyleferguson.com. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.